a desperado walks into town and downs a few drinks at the local saloon. When he steps outside, he finds his horse has been stolen. He swears and steps back into the bar and fires around into the piano. The room goes deadly silent. I'm going to have one more beer, the desperado bellows to the terrified crowd. And if my horse ain't back where I left him when I'm done, I'll do here what I had to do in Houston. The locals murmur uneasily as the desperado sips his drink. Luckily for everyone, when he steps outside again, his horse has been returned. As the desperado jumps into the saddle, local can't help but ask, Sir, what exactly was, was it you had to do in Houston? The desperado narrows his eyes and hisses at the man, I had to walk home. This is Across the Table, the podcast of Hannibal the Magician. Hi there, and welcome back, and thanks for listening. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Really glad you're there. I'm glad you're enjoying what I'm putting out. It's Hannibal. It's been a very interesting weekend. I am just on this side of exhausted. Uh, traveled to Raleigh-Durham area to do some work with the USO to entertain the troops. They had a big gala this past weekend. Um, it was USO North Carolina salutes, and they honored six young men and women in the service uh, with a, with a, a great banquet and and some honorees and, and they raised uh, they had like a fundraiser where they did silent auctions and some everything else and the USO really really takes care of the troops of the young men and women that serve our country and I am more than proud to be able to go and, and serve them they brought me in for um, for close up magic around the tables during the cocktail hour and during the banquet part and uh, after that was over I went backstage and entertain my fellow volunteers I just uh, I couldn't get enough I uh, I got this bug and I just I had to uh, had to keep going so anyway it was a great weekend though exhausting and somewhat tiring I uh, glad to have the opportunity let me take a quick minute before I get really started I had a huge oversight last week and I want to correct that now I uh, I am honored to be sponsored by some fantastic people and some really good friends. One specific really good friend um, asked me to make a mention and to, to draw some attention. So here is a podcast that my nerdy friends and my geeky friends and people who like me are probably going to like. Uh, I would direct your attention to the geekgrills.com website, the podcast that they do. Let me spell that out for you because G-E-E-K, geekgrills, G-R-I-L-L-S.com, geekgrills.com, a podcast about all things geeky conducted by women. My friends Jen and September, also known as Nine is Twelve, Nine, Nine, 
boy, I can't talk tonight. Jen and September, who is also known as Nine of Twelve, put on a weekly podcast examining all the geeky news of the week, and they are fantastic. I listen to them myself. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big supporter, and I uh, I look forward to their their things every week. Uh, September asked me to make a mention, if I wouldn't mind, and I don't mind, and I meant to do it last week, and things were just so... I, I made notes, and that was my biggest problem. I made notes, and I didn't turn the paper over at the end where I said, make sure to give a shout-out to the Geek Grills. So now I have done so, and I have made up for it. Um, please return my cat. Thanks. It is across the table. It is about giving, and here's... Uh, I've I got a surprise uh, on at the, at the USO. I found out that... Um, the uh, the president and CEO of uh, the North Carolina USO, Mr. John Falkenberry, listens to this podcast. He said he's been enjoying it, um, but that I talk too long for his <laughs> for his particular needs. So I, I can't uh, I can't guarantee that I'm I'm going to be less uh, long winded. I'm probably going to keep doing the way that I'm doing, but I'm I'm glad to know you're listening, and uh, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. The, the issue that has presented itself to me, I spent a lot of time uh, alone this past week, a lot of introspective time, looking at um, my own reactions to certain things. Um, a lot of things going on, especially politically, in, uh, in the country these days, and we are divided on several different fronts um, on, on, some, on some fairly simple issues. And, and yes, some of it is exacerbated by the, the leadership of this country, and some of it is exacerbated by the media in this country on the other side, and they seem to be pulling in different directions and confusing and, and dividing the country. Now, I, I'm not wise enough to pretend to offer solutions. Uh, I have my own views and my own personal opinions about things, and I have educated myself on things, and some of my views have changed somewhat. But I found myself arguing on the internet, which is rule number one that I've always told myself never to do, never argue on the internet. It's not, there's really no way of, of winning an argument on the internet or even a debate so much because... People take it very personally, much more, oddly enough, much more personally than they do if you were to have the same debate with them in real life and present facts. From my own experience, I, I, I took debate and I, I was in debate and I hosted debates when I was in college and, and some years after. I make my living as a speaker. You know, if you get right down to it, it's, it's the thing that... I think sets my show apart from most is the message that I try to bring forth and the way that I do it. And, and I, I speak on the things that are important to me and the things that I'm passionate about. So it's, it's stunning to me that with the wealth of information that we have in our pockets, literally in our pockets, that we cannot grow together more as a community um, the communication is skewed by ego. 
And, and I found myself arguing on the internet, one, and two, arguing about politics, which I don't talk politics very much. It's such a, it's, it's such a, a triggered subject. And, and that doesn't mean to say that I won't educate myself and look for good sources or listen to someone who's got their own opinion that I consider well-educated and, and has facts to back them up. You can change my mind. If you show me the truth, I, I will look at it and, and embrace it. But I found myself looking at the truth that I believe and the facts that I looked up, and I found them challenged, and it, and it affronted me because some of, my, some of my good friends, some of my closest friends, men and women that I've known for literally years, decades, were arguing a position that I found completely illogical. And that, that threw me. And my first inclination in, in these things is to turn the spotlight into myself, to look and see where am I misunderstanding or where am I going wrong? How am I not connecting with my friend who, who I know to be a smart person, uh, who I know to think logically and to, and to put passion aside when talking about subjects like this? So I took time away and I examined myself and I examined my own motives and I looked at the facts of things. And I found that, that by and large, we're almost arguing the same point, but what's getting in the way is maybe our pleasure centers, the, the desire to not be uncomfortable. Um, and, and I'm going to get a little scientific, a little scientific, and then I'm going to get a little woo as well, because that, that tends to be where I live my life and the balance of those things. I mean, I do card tricks for a living, but I do more than that. Uh, a lot of what I do is very spiritual, or a lot of the the point of the points of view that I have, I try to err on the side of love and compassion when when logic fails me. So I went in search of answers. I went in search of not necessarily the answers to the actual debates that are going on, but more the motivations behind those debates and and the especially the tendency to trigger into anger or into name calling or into whatever when trying to make one's point otherwise fairly logical people who suddenly seem to be antagonistic because of their beliefs being challenged so i dug and i and i read and i uh, I, I called people that i trusted and and had long conversations and um and, and it settled into an article that I found and a video, a subsequent video that I found talking about um, the, the difference between pleasure and happiness and, and why there's uh, a gap between those things, why there is a, a, a disconnect or, a, or, or, and most people don't see it. A lot of people equate one with the other. Um, the the uh, the leap off point was this was from a blog that I follow, um, and and then it led me to a video which led me to a book, uh, which <laughs> which uh, in some retrospect took me to a Marillion song surprise, um, which led me to another book. So I've I've been I've been digging in this, and this is um, this is really where I want to go with it. And this I think 
I've, I've organized my thoughts pretty well. Bear with me if it seems too scientific or too woo at different points. And certainly, if you have questions about this, write me. Let me know, because uh, I want to hear from you, especially if you disagree with me. But disagree with me logically, and let's, let's not get into a, uh, into a pushing match. So, so the two things, pleasure and happiness. Pleasure is, is short-term. It's, it's, it's fleeting. It's very addictive, and it tends to be very selfish. Um, and I know friends. I have uh, people, com- you know, people that I work with, companions, fellow magicians, that I can point to, to this and this and this, and I'm not using selfish here so much as a bad word because there are times you absolutely have to look after yourself. But but pleasure, the, the definition of pleasure in its own is that it is very short-term. Uh, it is addictive and it's selfish. It's like a drug. It, it's, it's taken. It's not so much given. You can give pleasure, yes. But the whole point of it is, is that it is a selfish act for the person receiving it. it. It it works on a chemical in your body called dopamine. Now, uh, dopamine is, it's a, it's a chemical in the body, I'm not, like a, a little bit science, just a tiny bit, um, made mostly between the brain and the kidneys, and it, it's, it's a transmitter. It, it transmits feelings, uh, emo- somewhat emotions, but, but, um, but also physical feelings. And a lot of drugs increase the activity of dopamine in the brain, um, the amount and the activity that, uh, that it takes place in. Um, it affects your motor control. It affects the hormones of your body. Um, it, 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 it affects the way you move, uh, more or less. So, so that's what triggers through pleasure. Happiness, by contrast, is long-term, and it is additive instead of addictive, and it is generous, generous instead of selfish. I've been up a while. I apologize for my uh, slurring. Uh, happiness is giving instead of taking. The, the, and I talk about this in my show. Um, not only is Santa Claus real, but he's me. The, the gift of being able to give to someone releases serotonin. And completely at contrast, it, it's, it's also a neurotransmitter, but it's, it's mostly found in the blood and in the central nervous system. Um, it, is, uh, it gives you a sense Rather than pleasure, it gives you a sense of well-being and peace. When you find yourself at peace, when you find yourself at rest, truly at rest, it's, it's serotonin that does it. Now, dopamine being addictive tends to destroy the, the neurons that it is firing between. It's the very nature of the chemical itself, and, and that means that like any addictive drug, you need more and more to get the feeling that you had the initial time. Um, think of all the pleasure centers that you have, the things that bring you pleasure, sex and food and drugs and, and, and salt and fat and all the things that deal with, they, uh, they are great at the beginning, but then 
as it progresses because of the breakdown of the neurotransmitters because of the dopamine, you naturally need more and more of a fix each time you come back. Serotonin, on the other hand, does exactly the opposite. It settles in once you once you reach that medium, it settles in as a as a builder rather than a destructor. So it's it is harder, I'm trying to keep my thoughts in line here with this, but it is harder to achieve happiness because happiness requires self-sacrifice at the very chemical level, at the very biological level of your body. It requires a certain sacrifice. You, you do away with salt and fat. You moderate the way you drink. You, you reject uh, the drugs that you've been taking. You sex in moderation. Whatever the things are that you are addicted to or that your body becomes reliant on in an unnatural way, you have to fight those. You have to resist those to build the resistance of your own addiction. And that's where happiness stems from. Now, taking this a step further, and, and in the direction that I initially w- was curious about, we are, as a culture, uh, I'm just going to speak to my own culture that I know the most about, uh, we are addicted as a culture to social media. And media being a part of the larger media. If you look at commercials, if you look at ads of any kind, they are all marketing to your pleasure centers. They are marketing to the things that bring you pleasure rather than happiness, rather than long-term happiness. That is the getting the newer phone, getting the, the newest uh, computer, getting the, you know, the, the new car line that comes out. It's, it's always the newest thing. It's not finding contentment in what you have because that's just not good sales. Finding contentment in, in the things that you have ruins marketing. So marketing points in the direction, uses the addictive human spirit to, to sell what, they, uh, what they're bringing. Social media as a microcosm of the larger media itself is selling, one, the idea that anybody can be famous for the, you know, or, or can be heard or can go viral for something simple that they, that they put forth onto social media. You could be the biggest thing, you know, on Reddit, uh, simply by the luck of the draw, um, yes, maybe you've done good work. Yes, maybe you've done something creative, but it's it's the it's the the quick thing, and and it fades. You you if you spent any time with social media at all, and you know you have, you recognize that these trends come and go so very quickly these days. We are angry at the president for this thing this week, and then we will be angry at the media for this thing the following week, and we are angry at. Uh, athletes for for kneeling and and then we are angry um, that the government apparently didn't move fast enough to aid Puerto Rico. It, it it's yes, they are important issues, but they are being fed to us as here's the trendy thing to be upset about this week. 
the hurricanes, the you know, it's 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 selling fear. And what's uh, what's troubling about it, at least where I'm sitting right now, and, and the way that I'm in my little world, the way that I judge things, they are feeding the the the, the fear that they are feeding to us, and the anger that that they are feeding to us, um, is derived in the same source it's it uses dopamine so that we we become addicted to our social media and we become addicted to the next fear we become addicted to the next thing we're supposed to be angry about it it divides us into us and them and us and them sells more newspapers us and them strengthens and shores up the confusion and the government that can't seem to quite get anything done. Us versus them leaves us in, in a mess and in a tangled in a tangled web that if, if I'm being really blunt about it, we don't challenge the truly important things because we are too busy challenging each other. It seems to me, and of course, I do card tricks, but it seems to me that the busier that we are kept fighting with each other, um, the less energy, focus, real, you know, critical work that we can do to change things. So... My, 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 my whole point behind this is, and I know it sounds woo, a little woo, maybe a lot woo, it's, it's the ability to find happiness with what you have, to make do with who you are right here in this moment, and not get swept up in the sensationalism that is happening from all different sides. I don't, I'm not woo enough to believe that there is one organization that is running both sides. I, I, I do think that, that everyone is looking out for their own interests and part of the own interests of big media, if you want to put a label on it, is to keep people scared, is to keep people in fear. Because if you're in fear, uh, you're not loving your neighbor. You're suspicious of your neighbor. And... Um, that helps to isolate people and to sell things. Marketers sell pleasure. Forgive me if I'm being redundant. There's a, there's a shortcut to easy repeated revenue. Getting somebody hooked on the hit that comes from caffeine or tobacco or video or sugar or Facebook or Twitter, it's a business model. I want you to come and see my show. I want you to come and see me perform. I want you to hire me to speak for your group. I I would rather have several long-term clients than than to have this is my own preference, it's not putting anyone down, but to have a, a show in Vegas or, or Reno Atlantic City or New York or whatever where people come to see it. It's something I'd like to try. It's something I'd like to do, but more for the artistic creativity than actually getting 
people into seats, paying me money to do it. Um, social media is using dopamine hits like fear and anger for short-time connection to build this, this new kind of addiction. I, I want to show you what I'm about. I, my, my whole show, my whole performance, the th- even the new things that I work on are based around look at this neat thing that I was given. Look at this gift that was put into my hands. Look at yours now. Look and see what you have. I'm not so much, and I get the question a lot when I lecture or when I open up for questions is, how do I achieve success in what I'm doing? How do I make money? And, 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 and you know, well, first of all, it's, it's finding where your success is. And the success that I have is being able to do what I do without scamming anyone, without, without trying to sell something that just isn't real, he says, the magician <laughs> who tells stories and does card tricks. But but I think you understand what I mean. If you know me at all, if you've listened to this at all, or if you've read my writing or seen my show, I think you understand what I'm talking about. I want to... I, I cannot sell you happiness. I cannot bundle it up like pleasure and give you the, the pleasurable moments that I give you during my show and, and sell it as happiness. Happiness can't be sold Happiness has to be found. Happiness has to be worked for. Happiness is worth the journey. And the the beautiful thing about that is happiness is found along the way. Happiness requires more patience. It requires more planning, more confidence in yourself. It's like the example I've given before is the, the way a child looks at the world. The way a toddler is, he's discovering his universe, her universe, touching and tasting and, and listening and, and feeling everything in their immediate vicinity. They're not actively looking for the next big thing. They are taking great joy in what is in front of them at that moment. And they're being astonished by it. We lose that as we get older. But we also mature And we have the opportunity to take a mature, mindful set of choices that seek, rather than seeking isolation or selfish pleasure, seeking connection and generosity and avoiding the short-term dopamines, to avoid the the tricks of the marketers, to, to avoid the scam artists. One of the the things that I teach when I'm uh, when I'm showing like the three shell game when I do my little hustle routine when I when I talk about the hustlers on the street the one thing I stress is the only real way to win that game is to not play it to walk by it to to let it go now here's the street hustler on the game and he's got his shells out uh, out on the table on the busk. And he's running the game, and maybe you stand in the fringes and you watch for a little while, and it becomes it becomes exciting, and, and maybe you're following the pee better than anybody else, and, and you're checking it out, and you're, you're guessing right most of the time, and you think, I can win this, but you're being played. See, what you don't know is that the, the, the operator is watching you, and, and his his accomplices are watching you and trying to get you into the game to put a little money down to where you might win a little bit. You get a little a little hype. 
And so you put more down and maybe you win a little more, but eventually you find yourself with empty pockets because you played the game and they enticed you to the point where you, they believed, you believed you could win it. You, you cannot win the game. The only way is to not play. So you don't play. You don't play the marketer's game. Seek instead the, the beauty and the love that's around you. Connect with your neighbors. Connect with them on a, on a more real way, on a more human way. Smile and wave when, you're going, when you find yourselves going to the mail at the same time. Learn who they are. Find out what they do. I mean, that's real communication. Twitter and Facebook are, are nice and they serve their purpose and they certainly, they're good for marketing, you know, uh, good for, for, you know, big alerts, being able to say, hey, I have a show on Monday night. By the way, I have a show on Monday night. They have, I have a show on Monday night. Share this with your friends and come and join it. But when you get down to actual human and humanity and, and, and talking to somebody else face to face and being able to watch the emotions on someone's face and their body language and, and understand their position better in a real way, there's no comparison to the instant fix of the dopamine that comes through the social media. We have the wealth of human knowledge in our pockets, in it, literally in our pockets, in a small device that we can fit in our hands. We can access just about any knowledge there is in the world. We can open ourselves up to different languages. We can speak to people halfway around the world instantly. But the trick is making yourself understood and striving to understand the other person. More than ever before, we control our brains by controlling what we put into them. Choosing the media, choosing the interactions, the stories, and the substance we ingest changes what we experience. I love reading books. And, and while I do read a lot of books on electronic media, I find myself these days, call me old man, longing for a page, a book with pages with, with that smells like a book, that has heft like a book. And so I've turned back to my library and I've started going through those. And the difference in the way that, we, that I absorb the information is so much better. It's my own personal experience. The way you input things leads us to have leads you to have your own narrative, one that is it's supported by what you feed yourself. You know, if if you find, and I am I am only just beginning to touch the edges of the happiness that comes from simplicity. Loving what is in front of me, loving and, and, and finding the beauty in the things that I already have. The breath in my lungs, the roof over my head, the, the sunshine and the green of my backyard. The opportunity to perform the gift that was put in my hands. I'm striving more and more for excellence in appreciating those things the ability to give of my time 
to organizations like the USO who deserve what I have to offer. I have worked for decades to achieve a certain level of excellence, and I will bring my best, the best of my technique, the best of my storytelling ability, the best of me to those incredible men and women that are serving and protecting this country. And the feeling to be able to do that is, is it's, its own drug in its own way. It, it becomes a different kind of addiction. It's a generous addiction. It's giving to someone else because you built it up into yourself. Scratching an itch is a root to pleasure, but learning to productively live with an itch is part of happiness. Happiness is hard work. Happiness happiness is the road, right? Happiness is the difficult journey that it takes to get to your ultimate goal. What is your ultimate goal? I mean, I talked about that last week, getting to the end of everything. Who knows? Where do you go from there? Taking joy, taking real passion in the things that are right in front of you is such a, it makes the journey that much more pleasant. You see, it, um, it, it brings you closer to who you are, looking inside yourself and finding happiness there is so much more important. That's, that's my opinion. And the closer I get to it, the more I study it and the more I reach for inner peace actual happiness, joy in me and loving who I am and the way I've made and and the journey that brought me here. It's calming and it's and it's good for you. All of this brought me around to lyrics um, naturally from Marillion, you know the band that I that I love. And they, uh, they have a song, of course they do, Happiness is the Road. Uh, and I've adopted that philosophy in the past, but I've never really grasped it or grasped at it the way that I'm doing lately. Um, this is, these are the lyrics for Happiness is the Road, part of the lyrics for Happiness is the Road. It's a 10-minute song. I won't do all of it. Um, the Greatest Blessing that we have is the dawn of each new day, a chance to finish what we started and made a mess of yesterday. As day comes out of night, it's a chance to get it right. It's a chance to start again. The people here, the people I surround myself with, full of love and comfortable in themselves, not scared to let go. There's no fear around here. I met this man in Utrecht, Netherlands. He was a doctor of the body and the soul. He said to me, man, there's a book you have to read. I feel your pain. It makes me cry, but these tears are yours, not mine. You're focusing on all of your bad yesterdays. The worry lines are getting deeper every day. And deep inside, no surprise, there's a crisis. You might have been to blame, 
You might have been to blame, but you can't go on this way. Must I watch and pray while you torture yourself with what's behind you and torture yourself with what awaits you? Dragging the guilt and regret inside you, anxious of the goals that always evade? Your mind will find a way to be unkind to you, somehow. But all we really have is happening to us right now. Happiness is the road. And each baby is a human sunrise. Look around you. Feel the soul inside you. Look inside you. Feel the life course through you. The life that's given in everything that's living. The plants and the trees, the birds and the bees and apes, like you and me. Happiness is the road. You're a slave to your mind, but you are not your mind. You are not your pain. You are not your pain. Happiness ain't at the end of the road. Happiness is the road. Those, uh, those are my boys. Those are words that have pulled me out of the mire time and time again the past three years and through all the hell that I introduced into myself. But I'm going to strive to pull away from the dopamines, to pull away from the quick fix of anger and fear or instant pleasure or whatever. It's going to be, it's going to be a struggle. The food, the, the, the salt and the fat and all the other things that uh, are simply lies. Eating right, taking care of the instrument, it's important. It ain't easy. It can be torturous in and of itself, but the end result is peace, happiness. So that's what I'm going to strive for. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your stories. Let me know what you think. Um, listen to and support the Geek Grills. They really are worth listening to. Um, I'm not going to encourage you to go check me out on social media <laughs> because um, I need to. I need to adjust it. I need to adjust the way that I approach it and and what kind of a tool I'm going to let it be for me. I will be performing at the Genie Convention in Orlando next week or this coming week. Um, following that, I'm going to be at the Magic Castle in Hollywood from uh, October the 16th through the 22nd. Um, if you'd like to talk, come and find me. I'd love to talk to you. I have shows to do, but I'd be happy to talk to you before, after, or in the midst uh, as the shows break. If you listen, let me know. Uh, let me know that you're listening. I, I can kind of see the numbers, although I try to avoid looking at the numbers. Things are okay. If you're a friend and you're worried about me, don't be. I know I can say that. It won't change a thing. I am finding the right ways to take care of myself. I am finding the peace and the energy and the love in myself for living alone and not relying on instant fixes or looking for 
the next partner or looking for the next meal for that for whatever example there are affections i'd like to have there are conversations i'd like to have with many people in my life but for right now i'm going to continue seeking out the me of me relearning who i am recapturing the astonishment and the love that i have for what's in front of me that i had as a boy the imagination that sparked in five, six, seven-year-old who was reprimanded by his teacher for playing alone too often. Anyway, I started getting trained at a young age. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Avoid the dopamines. Look for the serotonins. Embrace the people around you. If you haven't told your best friend that you love them lately, give them a call right now. Send them a text. Let them know. Show them that you're thinking of them. I'm Hannibal. I'm the magician. And I sincerely hope that there's love where you are.
I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for tonight. Bye.